Victor, this next guest is very special to, to us here because he was the first guest ever on Combas on the Beat over right. a, a year and a half ago. So uh, introducing the special guest, Cam Inman, 49ers Beat Reporter for the Bay Area News Group. Cam, how are you doing? And also, hello to all your uh, your people on Twitter, Instagram. We're doing a triple cast here. How are you doing, Cam? I think I'm doing all right. Uh, I know I'm doing probably better than the 49ers. I didn't lose anything in Denver, even though... We were fearing for our life a little bit when we left the stadium about midnight and there were no Ubers around. So we had to walk about two miles into downtown along a creek. Uh, but it was just par for the course of a really bad night for the 49ers. So they're they're coming into this week four game against the Rams uh, just trying to get over that. I think they've they've moved on past last year's NFC championship game against the Rams. Yeah, Cam, you know, we are on Twitter space. So I think I'm on mute it. You know, 2022 problems. I'm going to turn myself off. There we oh, go. Sorry about that. Uh, see, look at that. I'm, I'm trying to multitask. I got us here. I'm here. Gilbert Montano, Rams beat reporter for the Southern California News Group, Twitter Spaces. Hello. Uh, but Cam, you know, I, I feel kind of bad because I didn't check in on you from Denver. You're telling me this this long creek story. But I did see you answering emails about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I was reading your uh, your mailbag. So that's why I knew you were okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But so far, can, can we start with that, with the offense, Cam? You know, going from Trey Lance to Jimmy G. And I think you mentioned in the mailback, you know, which you should check out at the San Jose Mercury News Bay, Bay Area News Group, is that they've blown some leads. You know, you know, you went back to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, the NFC title game against the Rams, and then they they lost some leads to the Bears and the Broncos. It's all coming together, right. uh, Cam. But I guess how would you you know describe this offense? Is it a Shanahan problem? Is it a quarterback problem? Is it a Jimmy G problem? What is it to you? I think it's all the above. Let, let's just start with Jimmy Garoppolo because, well, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's taken a lot of heat this week, but I would almost think this is more of a Jimmy Garoppolo issue in that, um, I mean, he's on all the highlights for stepping out of the back of the end zone, right? And right. it's just not a good look. Now, you could take it many layers from that and say, well, Shanahan should not have called this play, backed up to the goal line to play action pass. The offensive lineman should have blocked better. Jimmy obviously should have a better awareness as a veteran quarterback. But that's just one of the bad plays. I mean, there was a fumbled snap at midfield. There was the fourth quarter interception, you know, where he can't do that. Just like, If you want to go back to the NFC Championship game against the Rams, it was like the surrender interception, okay? that That's what happened in Denver. It happened in L.A. in the championship game. It's happened too often. Um, he, he's going to miss open receivers. He, he can get crucified for that, but – the offense as a whole, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, has not worked well this season, and they have some new linemen in there. Um, but you have so many stars still in place. With you know George Kittle came back last week, but that didn't necessarily help matters much. Um, but you had Debo Samuel there, Brandon Ayuk. You have you've gone through a few running backs that have been injured, um, and now you got Trent Williams, their star left tackle. He's out for a month or so. That's not good. And Cam, before uh, uh, Victor asks you about the offensive line, I know, you, I know you're going there, Victor, but uh, I don't want to get too far ahead just yet. But I just want to kind of step back real quick because I think I, I jumped the gun on the question on the for the offense because I wanted to kind of you know check the temperature of the team because that must be kind of a mental toll to put all your eggs on Trey Lance and say Jimmy G, you know, stick around but far away. We're going to trade you. And then you go all in with Trey Lance, and then the injury happens. I'm sure you know it was mentally draining for the team. I'm assuming, and then for Jimmy to do all that and say, "Hey, I want to come back still," you know, give me a pay cut. I'll be ready, and he was ready. 
I don't know about the performances, but he was ready to go to play. Yeah. How about the mental aspect, uh, Cam, of, you know, from the team and from you seeing this as a reporter? You know, from the team, a week ago, everybody was so happy Jimmy Garoppolo was there. Jimmy Garoppolo was happy. He had his all the familiarity guys around there. He's a new, he knew the system. Uh, everything was great. They won a game against Seattle, which they rarely do. And now everybody's like, oh, no, now it's the same old Jimmy. You can't have it both ways. Um, I think the 49ers kept Jimmy Garoppolo. It was, yes, he took the pay cut. There was no other great option out there for him to go. He set himself up where 2023, he kind of can control his own destiny, but he's going to have to play well to, to go where he necessarily wants at a good price. Um, I, I, you could sense there's frustration building within him and Kyle Shanahan. And that happens after any loss. So it's hard to, you don't want to overreact. Um, they've been through so many ups and downs since 2017, since they came in. I mean, there was frustration from the get-go because everybody wanted him on the field and they kept him on a bench for a month until he got in the game. And this is 2017. And he, he won it around, flew the ball right wherever he wanted to go. They went five and zero. everything was great. And so he kind of channeled that after beating the Seahawks saying, yeah, because the game plan wasn't necessarily tailored for him. Um, I don't know what game plan that was tailored for in Denver because it just, nothing was clicking. Their third downs, they were 0 for 9 before they finally got a third down conversion. Um, you had turnovers. The defense was playing lights out, but they weren't getting any takeaways. And so, like, anytime we do these post-game wrap-ups and the team loses, they're going to talk about the penalties. They're going to talk about the turnover ratio. They're going to talk about their lack of plays. If you look at the other team that won the game, nobody's making any excuses. Nobody's pointing to your penalties. Nobody's pointing to your turnovers. They're talking about how they made plays. So basically, you got to make more plays. Yeah, Cam, and I wanted to ask you about the offensive line. I, I, I know that, as you talked about, was there a change from going from Trey Lance to Jimmy G uh, in terms of the offensive line? And I know you, you talked about Trent Williams having to miss some time now. Uh, can you touch on, uh, like, everybody has a right tackle issue in the league for some reason. So can you touch on uh, McKin McKinley? Am I saying? Yes. Yeah. And, and Yes. And how he's been doing this year. So, uh, you know, the, they went, they entered this season with a lot. Of, I, by the way, I turned off the Twitter spaces. Cause I, was just <laughs> I just saw that. I'm sorry. It's just, okay. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> well, so Mike McGlinchey was coming back from a really serious injury last year. He missed half the season. And the problem with Mike's career is there'll be one or two plays a game where he'll mess up and everybody will just destroy him. And it'll get in Mike's head a little bit. But then you go back and watch film and go, wow, this guy's actually a pretty good run blocker, um, pretty solid right tackle. I mean, everybody thinks an NFL offensive lineman is perfect. They're going to play all 60 plays with flawlessly. The one time they screw up, everybody will harp on them and say, go get a new one. It doesn't work. There's no NFL offensive lineman store just sitting there. I mean, it is the college football is not producing great linemen. So they produce good linemen. It's up to NFL teams to coach them up. And right now that's what the Niners are trying to do because they – Rather than go in free agency and try to go to the NFL offensive lineman store where there wasn't any, maybe there was one or two, but they were already paying a lot of guys a lot of money to other positions, right? And you're paying Trent Williams the highest salary ever for an NFL offensive lineman, okay? So he's your, your stud at left tackle, or he was until he hurt his ankle um, the other night. So you got three interior guys that are, um, you know, they're young. Yeah, Aaron Banks was an All-American guard at Notre Dame. Boom, that should be... Okay, that should be NFL ready. He wasn't. So he, he wasn't playing last year. He's behind Lakin Tomlinson. That's good. 
lot of questions about Aaron Banks coming in the year. This is where we lose the audience because people don't really like talking about interior linemen, but it's, <laughs> I mean, it's important, right? It is. It Banks, is. Banks has done really well this year. I, I guess he's pleasantly surprising. Um, right guard, they have Spencer Burford, a rookie out of that Texas San Antonio football powerhouse. But I like this guy. Okay. He came in and kind of surprised people as a mid round draft pick, um, was day one starter all the way through. But the, here, we'll get back to him in a second. Center, they, they lost Alex Mack to retirement. So they, they put, put in Jake Brendel, who's never really been a full time starter. So one of the big screw ups Sunday in Denver was Jimmy Garoppolo fumbled a snap. Well, that's the first thing you got to do in playing football is take a snap. So it ruined great field position. Kyle Shanahan um, outed the reasoning for that yesterday, saying the whole offense went on one, and Brendel didn't snap the ball until he heard two. Okay, hut, hut, not good. So ball fumbled, center gets thrown under the bus. Great. Everything's as happy as can be in Santa Clara right now. So back to Burford, um, the right guard. That's the position, okay, where Daniel Brunskill had owned Aaron, Aaron Donald. Now I say owned because 49er fans think, oh, he's Aaron Donald's daddy. Okay. <laughs> if, if memory serves in the NFC championship game with a Super Bowl berth on the line. Aaron Donald went right past Daniel Brunskill, was bringing Jimmy Garoppolo to the ground when he threw an interception. So, I mean, but for the most part, Brunskill played well against Aaron Donald. It was like he neutralized him. Well, so did Kyle Shannon play calls to run the heck away from Aaron Donald, right? That's what they're going to have to do this game is make sure you're not going at Aaron Donald, making sure you don't make the mistakes that are become, you know there's one or two coming with Jimmy Garoppolo, so you have to make other plays to offset them. Can be, uh, uh, Gilbert's going to ask you about all the sexy players on defense, so I just want to make sure I ask you about, uh, and I want to make sure I say that his name right, is Tolanoa Hufanga. Hufanga. Yeah, yes, and uh, I just, I know he's getting a lot of comparisons to Troy Palomalu from uh, Charles mm -hmm. Woodson and uh, others. And I just, yeah. I, I just want you to touch on his story. Just give us some, some uh, nuggets on, on him. And is he still struggling with, with pass coverage or has he fixed that? That's a good question. Okay. So Talano Hufang, I mean, you guys should know USC yes. product. Pac-12 defensive player of the year. Was it still Pac-12? Was it still big 12? Whatever it is. Anyhow. <laughs> So Hufanga kind of, um, he played so well as a rookie, they had to kind of get him on the field more and more as uh, his rookie season was going on. And then Dukowski Tart, the guy that dropped the interception in the NFC Championship game, he was not brought back as a free agent. So Hufanga slotted in there as strong safety immediately. He has played tremendous through three weeks. He has not been perfect. I mean, Chicago, they gave up two big pass plays where safety needs to be back there. There was miscommunication. may not have been his fault. But um, he's everywhere. He's all over the field. Um going to the ball. He's getting in the backfield. He's doing okay in coverage. Um, you know, D'Amico Ryan, the defensive coordinator, said last week that Hufanga is everybody's favorite player right now because of how well he's playing, um, which is a lot to say when Nick Bosa is on your freaking defense and so is Fred Warner. Um, but Hufanga's got that. Um, he's brought a lot of uh, energy and electricity to that defense. Um, so at every level of this defense, you have a stud. And Hufanga is approaching that stage. He's still young, still untested. Um, and, and, you know, they've got some veteran cornerbacks now in Charverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley to help him out. Jimmy Ward, their stud-free safety. He's out this game. This will be his fourth game. He's missed on injury reserve with a hamstring injury. So Hufanga's kind of held it down back there with Tashawn Gibson, um, former free agent that they got off the off the market who didn't participate in camp. But he's looked pretty good. So um, did I answer your question about Hufanga? I mean, he's, he's everywhere. Yeah. He's energy. He's great. Yes, he's getting the – 
Troy Polamalu comparisons because of the hair. And um, he's actually, I mean, who, he, he says, you know, Polamalu was his idol, his mentor, and he helped train him before the NFL. So there's a logical link there. Um, and he's, he's a really pleasant guy. He's, he gave one of the most, um, oh, how can I say, humble press conferences upon being drafted, just about being grateful. And I think a lot of times in this profession, people are very entitled, think they've done their work and they deserve all this. To this day, he's extremely humble and grateful, um, watches a lot of game film, and he attributes that to his father, um, Tavita. And it was kind of cool to talk to him about that at his locker last week. And it's one of those really cool NFL stories of a guy that had to work his way up. And But, I mean, it's still very early in his career. Cam, just curious. Are we still on IG Live at least? We're on IG Live. There we, we go. Two, okay. We right. people watching. There we oh, go. We, we lost Twitter space, but we got IG Live. So yeah, yeah, thanks yeah. for sticking right, around. Thanks for thanks for checking in still. All right, there we go. We're back. I, I wonder if people are saying, hey, this audio is terrible, but I'm still watching. So uh, yeah. we appreciate I mean, it's better, it. Hey, better than the visual of me. So <laughs> I'd rather hear you guys anyhow. So. <laughs> well, hopefully they're enjoying this conversation. Okay, they, can, they can watch my desk. How's that? They can, they can try to see what I have. Around yeah, you got some good credentials and a good picture over there. I like it. But I, I also don't appreciate, you know, Victor calling me out. They only care about the star players. The, 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 your, your, your followers on Instagram think I only care about Nick Bosa, which might be true because I like watching the workout videos of Nick Bosa that you have on TikTok. That's that's uh, where you get the, that's where I get the million of views or whatever. Hey, now now that you bring it up, let's talk Nick Bosa. Because there you go. Guy, I mean, he's getting a sack a game, right? He, he has four sacks for three games. I said this last Sunday night game was going to be the Nick Bosa game. I said this was going to be the showcase that puts him out there for the national audience to realize he should be the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Um, but he only got one sack, and Russell Wilson rallied in the fourth quarter like he always does against the 49ers. So um, the great thing is Nick is healthy. I mean, he is the epitome of what a pro football player machine should look like. The guy is relentless. He's always on the field. Um, and he's going to be a problem for Matthew Stafford. And I, I think Nick is hungry to atone for – uh, last week that they didn't finish off the game they wanted to. Um, he's got a pretty good sporting cast around him, so it's not all on Nick, which that's going to help boost his cause. But, I mean, he is – I mean, I've covered this team for over 20 years, and you just know when you see a – that's exactly what you want out of a football player, a Frank Gore, a Joe Staley. Um, DeForest Buckner was like that when he first came in, and, and Bo says he's there, man. This guy is – it's hard to take your eyes off him on the practice field and in the games. It's – if you just isolated him every time, you just to see, wow, a lot of problems though. The offensive linemen are get away from hold. They, they hold, they hold him a lot. Um, they'll put choke holds on him underneath his, underneath his neck. And Niner fans will take a screenshot of that once a week and they'll post it up there and say, it's not fair. And it's just the way it goes in the NFL. Now Nick doesn't complain. Like to Nick's credit, he will never complain about being held. Well, I got one extra Nick Bosa question, but more of like the overall of the, you know, the front, the, the pressure of the pass rushers. Uh, and real quick, I feel like Aaron Donald and Nick Bosa should have like their own like podcast or YouTube channel of working oh, out God. fitness with the edge rushers or the, the interior defensive linemen, whatever. That'd be fun to watch. But uh, overall, how about the, the the entire kind of the, the, the defensive line, the edge rushers? You know, because when you uh, attack Matthew Stafford with just four four guys, you don't need to blitz. And when you have Nick Bosa, you don't have to blitz. So it, it tends to go bad for Matthew Stafford. And the offensive line is really shaky for the Rams. Or like I keep telling Victor, they're down to the third string right guard. Uh, they don't have their center, so it could be a long day for Stafford. Uh, but how do you see that matchup playing out? So he's not always going to Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson and Tyler Higby. 
I don't see why he wouldn't want to. It works. <laughs> you know, for years, it's been the Rams Achilles heels that they don't have any good offensive linemen. And, you know, the Niners won six consecutive meetings against them to that NFC championship game. So they know how to get to him. Right. And kind of just diffuse it the best way they can. So, I mean, aside from Bosa, um, let's start on the opposite end. They have Samson Ebicom, former Los Angeles Ram, right? The guy was always good for four and a half sacks for three straight seasons. <laughs> and the first third down play this season, he got a sack. And it's like, okay, the guy's, he's dialed in. It's a contract year for him again. He wants to get going. And then each of the last couple of games, there's a, sla- a sack will slip out of his hands. Um, he's quality. He's fast. Um, he's not a bigger guy. Uh, but they have a really deep defensive line rotation. That's what makes them one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, Denver took bragging rights Sunday night saying they were the best because they allowed fewer points. Actually, they didn't. They allowed 10 points. The Niner defense allowed nine plus a safety on Jimmy G. Anyhow, okay. So besides that, the other guy on the defensive line you got to look at is Devon Kinlaw. Is their first round draft pick a couple years ago, had ACL surgery last year. Uh, he's come back. He is, uh, what was the term somebody used in training camp of just a, uh, a mutant. It wasn't very, uh, it wasn't very complimentary, but that kind of, I mean, the guy's huge. Okay. He's very, he, he, he leaned up. Uh, he's got a mean streak to him. Uh, he has not been producing on the stat sheet, but he's been very good on their run defense. He wants to get to the passer more, a passer that's going to stay in the pocket. Like Matthew Stafford is very good for him. Um, Eric Armstead, their other captain and defensive tackle, he missed last game with plantar fasciitis, tried to give it a go, which means, uh, in my mind, he's probably saved himself for a bigger divisional game against Matthew Stafford and the Rams. So I would expect him to go. Um, they got like, I mean, they had about 10 or 11 deep. Now they have, uh, you know, one or two guys are injured. So, uh, it is something to reckon with. And and last thing, Cam, we'll go out with this note here. And I know that 49ers have a bunch of other problems, but maybe they're not even thinking about it. But this Monday night football game, you know, in, in Santa Clara, Levi Stadium, where the Rams haven't won since 2018. It's been a while for them. Are they going to be thinking revenge, payback for the NFC title game? They had that game, a drop interception away. Sorry for the 49ers fans that are listening on IG Live. But is there going to be a whole, like, we got to get know. this game? Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't, No, you know you know what? So this the whole like a revenge tour thing. That's that was on the Niners minds after they lost the Super Bowl, And that kind of backfired where it's like, Oh, let's get payback. You just can't look back in the NFL. And I, I, if the Niners are looking back, they're looking back to Denver and seeing what a disastrous offensive game they played. And then the defense is probably going to get frustrated that they played a great game, just like they did in the opener and the offense couldn't do their part. So the only part they're going to look back on the Rams is just, knowing that they beat them six times. They should have beat them in the NFC Championship game if they made the right plays. They didn't make the plays. They have no excuse. So uh, the Rams won it fair and square. Uh, you know, they've changed personnel a little bit. So have the Rams. Uh, that's the beauty of the sport. It's like you can move along here. <laughs> so, I mean, there will be as many 49er fans in the house at Levi's as there were at SoFi Stadium, as usual. It'll be red, packed house, like that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, prime time game. It's way. It's it's a way to kind of rebuild their reputation as as an NFC contender. Because I mean, guys, right now, look around that NFC. I mean, Philadelphia Eagles are the only three and O team, right? I, they've looked good. I don't have full faith that they're going to ride it all the way through. I, I think I, I came into this going the Niners and the Rams have as good a shot at anybody. I mean, obviously the Rams because they're defending champions. So. Um, but then you have Tom Brady and then 
there's usually one or two other teams that crop up. Uh, I didn't buy into the Green Bay Packers because I've seen them too much and I've seen them in the playoffs and their defense is playing okay, but I just don't have a lot of faith right now in the offense around Aaron Rodgers. And I th- actually, I picked Minnesota to win that NFC North. So, wow. um, but then again, I also picked the Niners to win the NFC West and they're one and two right now. And they had, they're behind the Detroit Lions on the waiver wire today. So, uh, or ahead of them. That's not good. <laughs> well, Sir Cam, uh, you dropped the knowledge and plenty of football left. Who knows what's going to happen at the end of the year? But this uh, first matchup with, between the Rams and Fortnite should be fun. Uh, you are the Fortnite's beat reporter for the Bay Area News Group, Bang, San Jose Mercury News, Cam Inman. Thank you for, for dropping the knowledge and making history again because you were the first guest on Copas on the Beat. And now this is the first time that we've ever done three streaming plays at one time, IG Live, <laughs> Twitter Spaces, and on StreamYard. So, or YouTube, I guess. Maybe it could be four. Who knows, Cam? Yeah. But thank you for the time, man. Okay, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll see you Monday night.